Welcome back to the Buckmaster Show, and we are delighted that you are with us on this Tuesday. Support for the Buckmaster Show comes in part from Splendido at Rancho Vistoso in Oro Valley. Splendido is a true continuing care retirement community. You can find out more at SplendidoTucson.com. Well, it was great to have that rain over the weekend. Uh, Last I checked, we had about a third of an inch uh, officially out at the Tucson International Airport. Some areas around town got a little more, some a little less, which is pretty typical for the Tucson area. can be spotty in one place and uh, pretty good in another. It did little, however, to relieve the serious drought that we are experiencing in Arizona and New Mexico. Joining us in studio is Zach Guido, Associate Physical Scientist for the Climate Assessment for the Southwest, which is based at the University of Arizona's Institute for the Environment. Zach, good to see you again. Thanks. Uh, happy to be back. It's good to have you here on the first day of spring, and it's also good to have you on a day after a rain, because usually on those days after the rain, we start talking about drought. People say, oh, that, what are you talking about? There's no drought. That uh, The drought's over. We got a nice rain. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> short-term memory uh, pervades here, and uh, it's uh, drought is slow to come on, and it's it's slow to leave, so we're, we still have it. Give us some uh, overall history of where we are in this prolonged drought. Well, I think uh, to talk about the drought, we have to go back to last winter when we had exceptionally dry conditions. And that really set the stage for uh, drought expansion that reached exceptional levels. And exceptional is defined as a, as a drought that occurs on average once in every 50 years. So pretty big event. Um, it really set the stage for widespread uh, and uh, historically large fires. We had uh, more than a million acres burned in Arizona and New Mexico, both records. Really put a lot of pressure on the monsoon season to deliver copious rains, and it did in some places and it didn't in others. And so we sort of inherited drought from last winter. And uh, that that drought was the the sort of climate background to that was a, a La Nina event, which is colder sea surface temperatures in a tropical Pacific Ocean. And what the La Nina tends to do is it's pushed the storm tracks further north. So the westerly winds, which, which ferry storms into the region, uh, are few and far between during a La Nina. And we had a second La Nina event uh, this winter. And so uh, we have, again, experienced uh, uh, dry conditions. We had a, a rather wet December. Uh, the d- December so far has really saved us, I think, from having more severe drought conditions. But and that's the- probably, Zach, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but it's probably why we see so many weeds <laughs> uh, growing around town. And uh, we've had some good wildflowers because we did get a, a pretty good – the first part of December anyway was really moist, wasn't it? Yeah, we had about four or five storms move through the region. Um, and they basically shut off a couple days before Christmas. And then there was this prolonged dry period until just about recent. Yeah, January and February, very dry. Very dry. Yeah, we had, um, I think, uh, since the end of December up until uh, even including this last precipitation uh, event, less than about 50% of average precipitation in, here in, uh, in the Tucson area and many parts of, of, of Arizona. This drought, uh, it seems like it's been going on forever. Uh, when, can, when do you mark the—is there a certain year that you're saying that, that we went into drought? 
Well, I think. Are you saying the late night? I mean, I've heard as people say that this thing's been going on for a decade or more. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the precipitation data over the last decade, we're below average. But when the the drought began and when it ends is kind of an arbitrary definition. Um, it's difficult to say, but we've certainly over the last two winters experienced uh, below average conditions for sure. You have a map in front of you, and uh, it has a, a big – it's kind of like you look at the – if you think of the state of Arizona and then uh, you think of a big kind of bullseye, uh, a red, big ra- red circle in the middle, that's – that looks bad. <laughs> that looks bad for Arizona. Yeah, that's uh, an extreme drought, um, and this is a, a, a six-tier system that the U.S. Drought Monitor uses, and it's, it's a national effort. A, a bunch of drought experts and climate experts and, and other kinds of stakeholders get together and figure out where the, the drought is, uh, is bad, and they color code these maps. And an extreme drought is considered you know, a, a drought that happens uh, once in every 20 years. So um, it's, it is an is a extreme event. The amount of snowpack, I know that northern Arizona had a very nice uh, snow out of this last storm, but we usually look to what is known as the upper Colorado River Basin that's very important mm. to us here. And how is that doing? Well, um, and, yeah. And not to, not to downgrade that we do need snowpack here in Arizona, too. Well, that's where most yeah. of the water comes from in the Colorado uh, River is, is the upper Colorado Basin. And that, while last year it was a La Nina event, last year the Colorado River, upper Colorado River Basin had copious snows, and it really produced a lot of stream flow, and it filled up our, our reservoirs. This year it's sort of been the opposite. They're running, most basins up there are running below 80% of average, some below, below 70 so it's been drier than average up in the Colorado River. Uh, our producer, Rosemary Branch, just pulled up an interesting map. And it's not just – I was there was a huge spot in California, central California, that is in, uh, Zach, extreme drought as of February 2012. So it looks like uh, uh, Arizona and California really in, in bad – shape with water. Uh-huh. And that is a, a reflection as well as the position of the of the storm track. And in La Nina events, that, that storm track tends to loop further north through the Pacific Northwest. The Pacific Northwest becomes wetter, and uh, it, uh, the storms really miss the, the southern uh, parts of the U.S., the southwest in particular, and, and parts of Southern California. How do, you, how do you compile your information with your uh, La Nina drought tracker? Do you have People report in to you uh, from different areas around Arizona and New Mexico. How do you how do you compile this information? Well, um, I go to a bunch of credible websites for one. That's where I start, uh, and there's a lot of information out there. And it's a lot of times you have to sort of decipher it because it's written in science speak. Um, and then I uh, make a lot of phone calls to National Weather Service meteorologists, to, to University of Arizona or Arizona State climatologists. Um, agricultural extension agents who have their boots on the ground, who know who know the impact. So I'm I'm sort of bringing together a bunch of information from different sources. 12:41 on the Buckmaster Show. Let's go to the Buckmaster Show live line. A question for uh, Zach from David. David, you're with Zach Guido. Go ahead, David. Yeah, it's more of a comment than a question. Go um, ahead. Basically, uh, the situation is a lot more serious. That people uh, believe because um, I have read two books um, and they're pretty frightening. One is called Bird on Fire by um, 
Andrew Ross is about Phoenix and about the unsustainability of its growth. And the other one is a great airedness uh, by William D. Byes. And it goes over the tree ring research that they've done at the University of Arizona. And they have determined in the past that the Southwest is prone to these mega droughts that last as long as 100 years. And they're very intense in the Colorado River and, and all the rivers in there go into a steep decline in ancient uh, civilizations like the Hokum and Anastasi, they perished because they, they just couldn't hang on. And, and, and a lot of the data indicates that we could be going into one of these mega droughts that could be even worse due to the climate change and global warming. And Arizona, uh, they, they based the population projections that we're going to uh, grow to 10, 15 million people with a Tucson, Phoenix, Suncord, and Megapolis. And what's going to happen is Colorado River, if we go into a mega drought, um, the Colorado River is going to go into a steep decline. Okay, David, thank you very much. You bring up a very good point. There are the Tree Ring Lab at the University of Arizona. Uh, Zach has some incredible records of some really big-time mega droughts that go back. I think it's the 12th or 13th century, something like that. But there have been others. There have been others, and that's it's a great point to bring up because those tree ring uh, records really put the, the current situation. We only have data from about 100 years. And so if we can extend our, our observations back 1,000, 1,500 years, it really puts into perspective where we are. And, and we have seen in the past that droughts have uh, occurred for decades, 50, 50, 60 years. Lauren is with us next on the Buckmaster Show. Lauren has a drought question for Zach Guido. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, thank you for this topic. This is a wonderful uh, issue because we do live in a climate that predicates our in- entire existence upon groundwater. And was it true that uh, Tucson at one point, perhaps compared to Las, uh, Las Vegas, that we were the the largest community in the in the country that was solely dependent on groundwater. Zach, I think that is true. I mean, you can reinforce it whether or not you have the data in front of you. You probably don't. I don't have that but handy. But I think that is true. Yeah, that's what I uh, recall anyway. Before the Colorado, before we were right. using Colorado River water, right. So, Lauren, we don't have that as a uh, definite, but uh, I think you're, we were v- one of the largest cities, certainly, in the United States using uh, groundwater exclusively. So the outlook for the monsoon, too early to tell, uh, Zach? It is too early to tell, uh, and the outlooks for the monsoon are never very good to begin with. Um, what we do, what we can say with some definitiveness is that April will probably be uh, below average um, in terms of precipitation, and, but we can also say for temperature that uh, the summer will likely be warmer than average, and, and, and that's because what we've seen in the last uh, 20, 30, 40 years is a warming trend in, in the summertime. Your service is wonderful from the Climate Assessment for the Southwest, Zach Guido. Where can folks get a hold of this, uh, this service that you publish? They can go to our website. It's uh, www.clemas. I'll spell that out. It's C-L-I-M-A-S dot Arizona dot E-D-U. Okay. Thank you very much. Great. And uh, we will have you back as we get closer to the monsoon season. And hopefully we will have... Um, some good information. And I think we should give out that one more time about your website there. It's uh, www.clemas, C-L-I-M-A-S, dot Arizona, dot E-D-U. Okay, Zach, thanks so much. Have a great afternoon.